Welcome to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. The Pharmacy Future Leaders is part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, focusing on pharmacy student perspectives, interviews, and the future outlook of our pharmacy industry. This is Anna Shields, PharmD, MBA, and Community Pharmacy Resident at Kelly Ross Pharmacy Group, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Tony Guerra, Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, broadcasting from Ankeny, Iowa. We're going to talk with innovative new pharmacy practitioners and soon-to-be pharmacy graduates. I've gotten a lot of emails from pre-pharmacy and new graduate students about decisions they're making right now. Feel free to contact me on Twitter at Tony underscore PharmD or subscribe to my YouTube channel at Tony PharmD, uh, where you can find over 700 videos on drug pronunciation, memorization, and top 200. If you're a P3 going to ASHP mid-year 2016, make sure to link your leadership accomplishments on Twitter to hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders. We'll be providing a stipend for one student registration. We'll announce that person on October 28, 2016. Anna Shields comes to Kelly Ross Pharmacy Group from Nucara Pharmacy in Pleasant Hill, Iowa, where she served an entrepreneurial as an entrepreneurial pharmacy intern as part of Drake College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences Delta RX. Additionally, she served as a curricular development assistant for the pharmacy technician program at Des Moines Area Community College right here. Anna grew up in Menasha, Wisconsin, and graduated in May 2016 with her Doctor of Pharmacy degree along with her Master's Business Administration from Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. As a student, Anna served as president of Drake's National Community Pharmacist Association student chapter, NCPA, and was an active member of the Phi Delta Chi Professional Pharmacy Fraternity. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast. Well, thank you for having me here today. Anna, we're so excited to have you back. Um, it's it's so often that we just lose somebody after they leave or they graduate, and uh, you were here and for six years uh, in Des Moines. Uh, now you're in Washington State, so so excited to have you. And I just want to get right to it. So everyone's leadership road is different. Let's start where you are today uh, and how you got into your current position. Fill in some of the gaps maybe uh, from that introduction. Yeah, so currently I'm the community pharmacy resident with Kelly Ross Pharmacy Group. Um, as you mentioned, I'm here in Seattle, Washington. Uh, so throughout pharmacy school, you know, I kind of rejected the idea of completing a residency. I thought that six years was enough of training. Uh, but when I really looked into what uh, a year of residency could expose me to, I really started to reconsider. So my interest has you know, consistently been in clinical community pharmacy. And I wanted a job where I could pair my passion for patient care along with my interest in business. And I truly believe that I've found a place that shares those same passions and interests in Kelly Ross. Because I believe that community pharmacy can really be as clinical as you want to make it. And a community residency has been the ideal place for me to begin growing as a clinical community pharmacist. No, I have to agree with you there. Uh, while I teach at a community college, uh, Mindy, uh, my wife, as you know, uh, did a clinical community uh, pharmacy 
um, residency uh, with UIowa, and she's working at the VA, and she's doing a lot of clinical work there. So uh, the community pharmacy uh, residency, I really, really back it. I really, really think it's a, a fantastic thing. Well, the Pharmacy Future Leader segment's giving away a free student registration to support a future student leader to go to ASHP mid-year. But tell us how you fit the aspects of choosing, applying, and visiting potential residency sites during that really busy APPE fourth year. Yeah, it's definitely an overwhelming busy time, as you said, and it's a really big decision process that you're having to go through, and it feels like it's happening really, really early, um, but it does, uh, you do have to make your decision because that graduation does come up faster than you think. So when beginning the residency search process myself, I use the ASHP website um, to explore residencies nationwide. Uh, I mean, I lived in the Midwest my entire life. I went to school in the Midwest, and I really saw residency as an opportunity to really push my boundaries. I also wanted to open myself up to the wide variety of possibilities that different communities, cities, states, uh, and regions have to offer. And ultimately, state legislation was a big factor in swaying my final decision, especially to come to Washington. Okay, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, provider status coming in January, and we'll certainly want to have you back on uh, <laughs> after you've had that happen, after you've had those things uh, have that happen to you. But uh, after that uh, comes through, uh, and we'll see how that changes practice out there in Washington State. Yeah, uh, I, I also attended NCPA annual meeting last year in October, which exposed me to a number of community pharmacy residency programs. And being there was really the, the first time that I had been exposed to community residency as an option. Um, but so from there, I kind of created a spreadsheet um, and on Excel to compare the different locations, the demographics, opportunities, expectations, benefits, um, whether or not there were teaching opportunities and what clinical services were offered at each site. Um, this really helps me keep the program straight. And also the Kelly Ross program isn't accredited through the ASHP match, um, but that didn't really turn me away because uh, I was really looking for a residency program that matched my wants, uh, my needs, and would really push me to grow the most as a business-minded clinical community pharmacist. That's awesome. And it sounds like you got your first choice. <laughs> yes, I did. That's awesome. All right. So, well, why don't you discuss a little bit how you first felt when you became a leader at Drake University uh, and how the opportunities you had there helped you? I think we first talked about NCPA and Fidel the kind of summer internship. Tyler Dalton, who was just on, talked about how really his road started in his P1 year. And I think a lot of people are waiting to graduate and then see what's out there. And it sounds like you started very early, uh, P1, P2 year, or maybe even before that. Yeah. Uh, the awesome thing about Drake University is it's a six-year program, uh, which really encourages uh, freshmen and sophomores to really become involved in pharmacy as a profession before even entering the professional program. So for me, I'm not sure exactly when I became a leader at Drake. Um, joining Fidel Takai as a freshman, I had the opportunity to really start taking on leadership positions early, as you mentioned. Um, so I first served on smaller committees, but from there, my involvement kind of blossomed into a, a more significant co-chair position leading a philanthropy event for St. Jude Children's Hospital. Uh, but once I was in the professional program, I was also 
um, working towards my MBA. And I found out that there was a pharmacy organization, um, NCPA, that would also expose me to the business side of pharmacy practice. And this really, really excited me, uh, even though our student chapter was relatively small at the time. Um, so I was actually the only active participant from my class that year. Uh, but when I heard that we could work on a business plan, um, my interest was really piqued. And so I really took advantage of, of having that opportunity to get mentorship from older students, too. So um, along with that, I, uh, you mentioned my entrepreneurial leadership internship with NuCara at the beginning. Um, these internships were advertised to all students, and I really wanted to work for one of these companies specifically, uh, but the internship actually went to someone else. <laughs> so I was really disappointed, but I, I, I was so determined that I applied to the organization separately just to work the, for them as an intern um, throughout the school year. And so I actually was hired and then approached by the pharmacist who managed the closed door HIV pharmacy um, to specifically be his entrepreneurial intern that summer. So I would almost call it like a mini residency uh, because I had the chance to work on implementing some new processes, um, still working very closely with patients and then really diving into the financial intricacies of independent pharmacy ownership. And so from here, I felt much more prepared to take on what you would call a formal leadership position. And um, I was president of NCPA as well at Drake. Um, and from there, and we really built up the chapter as it was only myself and two other students at the time and really feel that we, we tried to integrate ourselves with the independent community pharmacists in Iowa um, and get other students excited about the business of pharmacy. So as a long answer to your very short question, but I would say that, you know, my story of leadership is cumulative and that each opportunity that was presented to me um, was, it came to me due to my fearlessness to challenge myself throughout the course of pharmacy school. And so I really encourage current students to, to do that at themselves as well. I really envy your path and uh, I'm just really so proud of what you've done. Um, and the more I talk to students, the more I find the activities they do outside of their regular classroom are the ones that are leading them to the most satisfying opportunities. And I don't mean to in any way um, say what's going on in the classroom is unimportant. Rather, uh, I just feel like you're a, a magnet for awards and opportunities. And you won an award in your P4 year. Am I allowed to say how much it was? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So I think it was $25,000. Yes. Yeah. And I think the people that are listening are like, I would like an award like that in my P4 year when you have to pay for three semesters instead of two. Uh, what was it that you think uh, made you, I want to say eligible for the award, but uh, you mentioned the leadership uh, activities that you've done, but how does somebody go about getting a, a giant award like that? Yeah. So my student experiences um, at the college level certainly helped me with the national achievements that I've been presented with. Um, the word you're talking about, I'm a Cardinal Health Scholar. Um, and in addition to that, I was awarded uh, several other scholarships as well based on um, my campus involvement, community service, and my interest in community pharmacy, specifically in the independent sphere. And um, to kind of answer your question, I think that um, it's answered best by one of my favorite quotes. 
um, that people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And I think that my passions really shine through when I'm applying my skills to something that I love. And um, so one of my awards included actually a trip to Live Oak Bank's pharmacy student program in Wilmington, North Carolina, where myself and three other students spent a week learning about pharmacy financing, the realities of pharmacy ownership, and what considerations lenders are making. And this is something that I would highly encourage pharmacy students to look into because I know that it's something that definitely stood out um, to those who were reviewing my resume or um, asked, speaking to me in an interview um, because it was a, an experience that very few other students had had. And so, um, you know, another award that I had uh, one sponsored my trip to the NCPA annual meeting last year. Um, and that's ultimately where I found the Kelly Ross residency program. So I think that it's everything all kind of added together. Um, but I think that it goes back to my favorite quote. That is a great answer. And I actually was listening to the pharmacy podcast in Ireland and heard uh, Todd's interview with the Live Oak uh, Bank guys. And that was just, um, it was really uh, great to understand that uh, somebody doesn't have to be necessarily that wealthy coming out of pharmacy school, that there are ways that they can leverage money into becoming an owner. So if it really is their dream to become an owner, uh, it might be closer than they think. Uh, so that brings us now to uh, where you are. What activities are you doing at Kelly Ross Pharmacy Group? Uh, you mentioned some exciting work keeping patients with cardio conditions out of the hospital. Uh, what are you doing up there? Yeah, so as the resident at Kelly Ross, uh, I have my hands in pretty much everything that's going on, um, or I get to hear about all the other exciting projects that are happening around me. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that stood out to me most with this program is that I have the chance to develop my skills in all areas of the company throughout the course of the year um, as compared to some residency programs to operate on more of a rotational basis, um, kind of like another year of rotations. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted I wanted to be able to develop my skills, you know, for the for the course of the year instead of um, for five, five weeks at a time again. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. So um, one of my favorite things that I get to do is um, in-home medication coaching. And so we provide or we visit with patients um, in their homes and to provide medication management. Uh, services. And so at a patient visit, we learn more about their goals, their conditions, how they are interacting with all of their medications on a daily basis. And so we're performing medication reconciliation, especially for our transitions of care patients, uh, so that we can compare what the patient is doing to what their providers think they're doing. Um, and this is kind of where our cardiovascular patient population comes in. Um, we are specifically working on a pilot project um, for patients with uh, CHF or um, heart failure. So uh, we're also kind of during these ap appointments, we're performing clinical assessments and using rating scales to determine how well patients are responding to treatments. And then we also loop in their providers uh, so they can follow up with the patient as well. And so um, through our in-home services, we have multiple different referral sources, more than just transitions of care. Um, and there's also a few different reimbursement models kind of in place. Uh, so I'd say this is uh, a pretty large part of my residency, uh, but I also 
uh, have a research project that I'm working on. Um, it's kind of tied into the home visit uh, service, but specifically looking at servicing elderly residents in affordable housing buildings. And so I'm going to begin our data analysis soon. Uh, I just turned in my abstract last week. So uh, things are moving along quickly in residency. So um, as a resident, too, I'm also working with students. I precept uh, fourth-year rotation students from a number of universities, and they really challenge me to stay up to date and create a meaningful learning environment for sure. Um, I also, in addition to teaching students on-site, I'll be uh, doing the certificate. So through the University of Washington, I will be developing my teaching style in the classroom um, in their pharmacy skills lab course, and I have a mentor there as well. So um, I would say lastly, uh, just to kind of sum up what I do, I also staff as a pharmacist as well in our retail location and our compounding pharmacy. So I'm really kind of pulled into a lot of different environments. Uh, our retail location is located inside of a, a building of clinics. And so we're doing a lot of new patient counsels um, for the majority of the day. Uh, so through staffing, I feel like, you know, it's our role as a, as a pharmacist to be checking prescriptions and providing patient counseling um, and is sometimes undervalued um, or viewed as routine. But I have a whole new appreciation in having transitioned from a student to a pharmacist and that it really does take a lot to maintain your focus and make those clinical decisions while there's so much happening around you. Uh, but I really enjoy the challenge of being in such a fast-paced environment, and I really do feel privileged to work alongside the pharmacists and the technicians at Kelly Ross every day. Uh, but I would also add to this that this, these are just a few of the things that I'm working on as a resident, uh, and that's a fun part about my position. As resident, I do pretty much get pulled into kind of any exciting thing that comes along. So, No, that's awesome <laughs> that you have that spontaneity that goes along with uh, what's uh, set up for you, but it, it sounds like um, it sounds like you're almost doing the work of two residents. That is awesome. Washington State's gearing up in January for provider status. Can you tell us what Kelly Ross is doing to move forward with that opportunity? Yeah, uh, with pharmacists recognized as healthcare providers in the state of Washington, mandated through commercial payers, um, so it's not Medicare or Medicaid um, quite yet. So. Community pharmacists will finally be able to bill for patient care services uh, in, and so for their time. Uh, it sounds really easy when you say it, but it's definitely yeah. more complicated than that. Okay. Uh, more complicated than I had expected uh, before getting here. But I feel uh, so lucky that um, I'm here for my residency year during such a major transition time. I think it's going to make my experience um, that much more valuable. And so kind of throughout our conversation, um, I've mentioned a few of the things that uh, Kelly Ross offers for clinical services, uh, but there's so much more going on. So in addition to the home, uh, home in-home services, we also have an HIV pre-exposure prophylaxis program, which is known as our one-step prep uh, program. Okay. And so we also have a travel vaccine clinic that's pretty well embedded to organizations within our community. Um, and then we also are in the pilot phase of providing spirometry testing and evaluation for patients and providers in the, co in the community pharmacy. 
So as we transition into the new year, uh, our focus is really on streamlining our processes for successful reimbursement uh, from those commercial insurance providers so that we can create more access for patients. Um, a lot of what we're doing right now is on a cash basis or through some sort of a, a grant or um, contracted kind of reimbursement plan. So uh, that does limit who's eligible for some of our services. Um, and I think that, you know, the transition to provider status is more complicated <laughs> than we expected through coding and um the limitations that are put on um, how your notes have to be structured. So these are all things that um, providers, doctors, nurses, they've all um, been doing for so long, uh, but applying them to the community pharmacy environment is going to be, I think, a challenge. But um, since being here, the, the Washington State Pharmacy Association has uh, been supporting pharmacies and pharmacists kind of through this. Um, in August, I attended a medical billing workshop uh, put on by the association, and uh, it was e extremely informative um, and really brought to light a lot of the considerations that we need to be making, um, having clinical charting and, and all sorts of things that we've never had to do before. And um, so WSP is also planning to have some online training courses and um, be there to support community pharmacies through this transition period. Oh, that's awesome. Here in Iowa, you know, we have this uh, great pharmacy association as well, and and we bring the Midwest together with a, a number of pharmacy associations in the in the spring or late winter. So uh, that's fantastic that they're uh, behind you and that they can support you in that way. Um, uh, my wife completed her community pharmacy resident uh, at. Iowa and landed a very clinically focused job with the VA uh, hospital. But I, I think many of the listeners are familiar with the residency match, but there are some good residencies, great residencies, it seems, uh, outside the match, uh, including the community residencies. Can you explain how you chose which residencies to apply to in and outside of the match? And, and that's kind of a little bit confusing. Um, so maybe you could clarify it for uh, people that are thinking, okay, well, I've got these outside, these inside. How do you keep it all straight? <laughs> yeah, when it comes to applying for residencies, I really did a lot of research online. Uh, most programs have a ton of information available. I also asked a lot of my mentors and my preceptors for guidance. Um, the, you know, they know who uh, to kind of refer you to, uh, and they kind of know who's big in, in the biz, if you will. Um, okay. They'll be able to kind of guide you to programs who they know might be um, more well-known for having a strong program, um, but don't really let that limit you from anything either. Um, I also, you know, I spent a lot of time reflecting on what was truly important to me uh, to make that decision. So for some of you, that might be the location. You might really want to have teaching opportunities. You might really be into research. Uh, you might really, it might be really important to you to have a co-resident. That's something I don't have. Um, and so for me, my goal was really to find an independent community pharmacy that would really challenge me and value my business background. You know, I wanted that entrepreneurial environment. And so 
you really need to figure out what it is that you want out of an experience and what you can bring to that experience as well. Because um, they don't call it the match for nothing. <laughs> I mean, okay, that makes a lot of, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we we were coming to Iowa, and I was pretty insistent that we be near uh, the mothership near Iowa City. Uh, I wanted that environment, and um, that was just something that that I really wanted when when we were thinking about it. But it's very very individualized. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. And so, in regards to other programs that operate outside the match. Um, I would encourage listeners to ask professors, mentors, uh, leaders at their state associations, um, because those are the key people who may know if there's a post-grad residency or fellowship that is just getting started. Um, I know that in addition to Kelly Ross, there was another program that I had applied to that was, it was their first year um, initiating the program. And so those opportunities are a little bit harder to find, um, and they're usually shared by word of mouth. So um, asking around is is essential. That's awesome. Well, what blanket advice do you have for uh, residency hopefuls as they descend on, well, first, uh, New Orleans here in October, right? Mm-hmm. CPA, and then Vegas uh, for ASHP December 4th through 8th. Uh, what, what advice do you have? Yeah. Uh, so I didn't attend uh, mid-year, but I do have some general tips and tricks. Um, okay. Number one, wear comfortable shoes. <laughs> uh, convention centers are usu- usually huge, um, and you'll probably be standing and walking around for a good portion of the day. So, um, not your best time for brand new or fashionable footwear. <laughs> okay. uh, I also say to bring snacks. Um, this is one of the things that I heard about mid year specifically, and that there are so many students in attendance that lines to speak with specific programs are actually shortest when most of the people break for lunch. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, so to take advantage of uh, of that moment when most people are trying to get lunch. And you'll also avoid the lines at lunch because everybody's trying to get there at once. Sounds good. And last, okay, oh, I have one more. Oh, okay. Uh, hand out personalized business cards. And I'm not talking about the ones that are like branded by your university. Uh Uh, For me, those are confusing because it's like, are you a university employee? Do you work there? Um, But I think that um, having a business card that you designed, um, it should be an extension of your personal brand. So it should be something individualized. And when I did this, um, every single person, I'm like pretty sure every single person who I followed up with, whom I had given my business card to, they, they were like, you're the one with those business cards. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. If you if you do it right, it can be a topic of discussion and, and make you pretty memorable. So, That's awesome. Well, where can people find you? Yeah, so I'm on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, I'm also, I published a paper with you, Tony, in uh, yeah. the Iowa Pharmacist Your first author. Yes. I'm lowly, I'm lowly fourth off. No, that means you were the supervisory researcher. And that means you did all the work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's in the IPA journal. So yeah. Iowa the Pharmacy IPA. Association journal. Okay. And then people can follow you on at Anna Shields for, I think is your Twitter handle. Uh, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. And then just uh, maybe three uh, quick questions, uh, speed round type questions. Uh, what is your 
best daily ritual to keep your work on track? I have to eat lunch. Like, I have to. Okay. <laughs> it's on my calendar. All right. That is awesome. I think, I think too many people work through lunch, and, and that's why they're fading at the end of the day. Yes. Uh, best career advice you've ever received? Uh, I've mentioned it a couple times, but to never undermine the importance of self-reflection. Uh, there's something to learn from every situation, good, bad, or ugly. That's great. And what inspires you? Seeing people I care about succeed. That's fantastic. Well, Anna, thanks so much for being on the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, just again, if you're going to uh, ASHP or you know a P3 who is looking to go to ASHP mid-year, uh, we'd like to pay for someone's registration. Uh, do tweet out to Pharmacy Future Leaders uh, or hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders uh, or connect to your own uh, leadership accomplishments uh, so we can uh, award you. That'll be on October 28, 2016. Thank you again for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. Be sure to share the show with the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.